princess welcome back to another episode of princess chronicle so happy to share with you today um, i just want to talk about uh, something that's been on my mind and heart and i'm actually in the process of uh, writing but it's uh it's healing deep wounds and i know if we have been alive for any period of time you have been wounded um, but I think one of the deepest wounds I've ever experienced is right within the church. And I know some of you can probably relate. Those of us who, you know, call ourselves Christians and we are imperfect people. And there are times that we say things, that we do things, and it cuts deep. I always say there is no wound like a church wound. Um, it, it's no reflection on who God is. But sometimes his people, we, we can just be messy. Um, love is messy. We can be messy. Just, just being alive, being a human can be messy. Um, and I think we have these high expectations for those who bear the name of Jesus. And I think we forget sometimes that we are human and we, we err, we make mistakes, we're flawed individuals. But it's something about church hurt um, that leaves us with this bitter taste in our mouth for the church. It's hard for us to escape that wound. You know, when we are in, out in the world, we expect to get wounded. We expect people to hurt us. We expect them to live up to their name, their reputation. We don't expect to come into the house of God and be wounded. And I think that's why it hurts so much. And there are so many of us out here who are just listening. And I know because I've talked with you about just feeling the, the deepness, the deep hurt um, and not sure where to go. And that's one of the things I'm just researching and writing about and, and just hearing the heart of other people about is where do you go when you've been hurt in the church? I mean, like, where do you go? The church is the place that you come to for help when the world has hurt you, for healing when the world has betrayed you, when the world has turned its back on you. The church is the place you run and, and find refuge. But where do you go when that place, the place of refuge, has wounded you? My answer to that and what I've been discovering and what I know in my own personal walk and my own church hurt is that God is the place that we run to because God is separate from those in the church who has hurt us. We have to understand that, that we have to far remove that hurt from who God is. And just as if we were outside in the world and someone hurt us there and we would not hold God accountable to that, we can't hold the hurt that we get within the church, we can't hold God accountable for that either. Because hurting people will hurt other people. And that's within the church and outside of the church. But one thing I do know, if we are going to move on from our place of hurt, if we're going to experience all things good in our lives that God wants us to experience and to have, we must forgive. And I know what you're going to say, but they hurt me. And they know God, so how come they don't come and apologize? I can't answer that for you. 
I, I had those same questions. So years I waited for an apology and I didn't get, receive one. Years. And then I made a decision. It dawned on me. That person may not even know how to apologize. That person may not know that they need to apologize. It's evidence to me, very evident to me, that they should and that they need to, but maybe they don't know how. Maybe they can't face up to what they've done. Maybe I have to play the bigger role. I need to be the one to say I'm sorry. Up, oh, pause. <laughs> sorry for what? What did you do? I had to say I'm sorry for holding bitterness and unforgiveness. That's the portion I had to say I was sorry about. And just allowing it to get that far. I think no matter who has hurt us, doesn't mean we put ourselves in the position of being vulnerable with that person again, but I think extending grace and extending forgiveness is something that is so vitally important for our own personal relationship with God. It has nothing to do with what they have done or who they are. It's our forgiveness has everything to do with our heart and our relationship with God. And I'm forgiving and we should forgive the hurt that they've caused us for our own sakes. This is the perfect moment for you to be selfish. If, if, if you're going to be in, selfish in anything, be selfish in this. Forgiving to help yourself. That's where we should be selfish. I am going to forgive in order to release myself. This is not about them. Forgiveness is never about the person that hurt you. Forgiveness is about you. It is for your freedom and for your freedom alone. But what I, what I love about a story um, found in Numbers uh, chapter 12 is a story with Moses and his brother and sister. And they are serving the Lord. They are, Moses is the prophet. He's led the children of Israel out of bondage from Egypt. They've been in the wilderness. They've seen the miracles of God. They've seen the people complain. And then God still provide for them. Miriam and Aaron has seen these things happen. But they decided one day that they didn't like something about their brother Moses. They didn't like who he married. They had a grudge against him. They had a bone to pick of why he married this um, foreigner, okay, this Cushite woman. And they said something. They begin to have this discussion between one another. And they goes, is Moses the only one that God speaks to? You know, like, we can hear God for ourselves. We really don't need Moses to, to share what God has to say. We can go to God. We can hear God too. And I think it was more so of the, um, the betrayal, the betrayal of a brother and a sister, the betrayal of them who they know the, the difficulty, the anguish, the, the burden that Moses was carrying yet and still, even with carrying that burden, they knew how painful it was, but they still began to talk about him. They began to talk about 
um, what they felt Moses was doing wrong. Their leadership. They began to talk about their leader. And they did so um, knowing what he had been going through. And instead of praying for him or instead of coming to talk to him, they talked about him behind his back. Little did they know <laughs> that God heard them. And that's what I want you to know. We're going to pause right there. What I want you to know is that no matter who hurt you, no matter in that church who, who wounded you, God knows. He knows all about it. Let, let me read you uh, Numbers chapter 12. Let's go there. Let's start. Um, <laughs> I'm going to back up for you. So Moses, uh, number chapter 12, I'm going to start at verse uh, one. Miriam and Aaron began to talk against Moses because of his Cushite wife, for he had married a Cushite. Has the Lord spoken only through Moses? They said, they asked, hasn't he also spoken through us? And the Lord heard this. Now Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. At once the Lord said to Moses, Aaron and Miriam, come out to the tent of meeting, all three of you. So the three of them went out. Then the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and he stood at the entrance to the tent and summoned Aaron and Miriam. When the two of them stepped forward, he said, listen to my words. When there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions. I speak to them in dreams. But this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him I speak face to face clearly and not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? The anger of the Lord burned against them and he left them. When the cloud lifted from above the tent, Miriam's skin was leprous. It became as white as snow. Aaron turned towards her and saw that she had defiling skin disease. And he said to Moses, please, my Lord, I ask you not to hold against us the sin we have so foolishly committed. Do not let her be like a stillborn infant coming from its mother's womb. So its flesh hath eaten away. Aaron is uh, repenting and asking Moses to please um, have mercy on Miriam. Now, there's a lot to be said in that story. And, and that is full of, of wisdom of just God knowing that when we are hurt, we're, he knows when we're hurting and he knows even when it's at a hand to someone that knows him, that should know better, right? Church people, we should know better. We should know better. But there are times where in our flesh, we say things, we do things that hurt other people. And in this story, in this lesson, um, God brings them, all three of them to the tent and he begins to explain to them, why were you not afraid to, to speak against my servant? Why were you not afraid to say these bad things? Why were you not afraid to do what you did to my servant Moses? And that's the same with us. You know, that person that hurt you should have been afraid to do that to God's people. We should have been afraid to hurt 
God's people. But we, for whatever reason, we did it. Out of our flesh, we did it. We did things, we said things to hurt God's people. And I know those wounds are deep. You may still be dealing with hurt that someone calls you who said that they love Jesus. That, how do I get over this? How do I pass on forgiveness to a person who I, they say they love God, but they hurt me? How do I get over that, Nikisha? How do I move on from that place? Well, we're going to do it just like Moses did. Aaron comes to Moses and says, please look at your sister. Please don't hold our sins against us for being foolish. Don't hold it against us. So what did Moses do? Chapter 12, verse 13. So Moses cried out to the Lord, please God, heal her. Did you see that? Moses was the one who was hurt by his brothers and sister, right? His brother and sister hurt him. Church folks hurt him. And he said, Lord, please heal her. That's powerful. Please heal her. That speaks so much to the heart of Moses. That in the midst of this hurt that was inflicted upon him by his own brother and sister, he still cried out, Lord, heal her, heal her. And that is how we're going to move past the pain that was caused to us by those that hurt us within the household of God. We're going to cry out to God, Lord, heal her, heal him, heal whoever it was that hurt us deeply, the wounds not heal me, heal her, heal them. Because when we cry out to God to heal them, guess what God's going to do? You guessed it. God is then going to heal you. See, unforgiveness is a heart matter. When we harbor unforgiveness, that has everything to deal with what's going on in our own hearts. But when we can humble ourselves and extend forgiveness, even if that person doesn't apologize, that speaks volumes to our heart and our relationship with God. He says, Lord, please, please heal her. Now, how did Moses know that God was able to do that? How did he know that God could heal? How did he know? Well, if you look over at Exodus chapter 15, uh, you see Moses having this relationship with God so much so that he's, he's witnessed and experienced God doing this, just healing. He's witnessed this. He's experienced God is healing. As a matter of fact, he called out to, to name or give God a name that represents his character. And he called him uh, Jehovah Rapha. That word means the God who heals. And that's what it stands for, Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. And so he understood, I had a deep understanding of the God who healed. He has watched God heal. And so he knows that God is able to heal. But, but here's the deal. God is not just able to heal physically. God is able to heal emotionally and spiritually. He's able to do a deep healing. So no matter the deep the wounds of your church hurt, know that God can heal deeper than the wound that you currently experience. And so Moses cries out, Lord, 
please heal her. Not just her physical body. But if he had to heal her physical body, he's also going to have to do with the sin in which she committed. See, God is not going to just deal with our physical flesh and not deal with the underlying cause of what we are experiencing. He was not only going to heal Miriam of her physical leprosy, but he had to also deal with this leprosy of the heart, this heart that had turned away from her brother, this heart that had caused her to, to speak ill of her brother. Aaron as well, he didn't escape. We don't see here where Aaron um, immediately dealt with the consequences, but it faced him. Here he is before his, he was a priest. He had to go before God. He couldn't be leprous, but, but he didn't escape. And I think sometimes we think that when we don't see the consequences that someone else is paying for the actions they've done against me, that God is allowing them to escape. They don't get to escape. We may not see their punishment. We not, may not see God deal with them. But trust and believe that God sees it and he will deal with them. But that's none of our business. What is our business is that we have a right relationship with God and that we exercise forgiveness, that we extend mercy just as Jesus extended mercy to us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We were at odds with God. We were his enemy. And while we were still sinful, he extended mercy. We didn't apologize first. We didn't say sorry to God first. No. First, he extended us mercy. First, he had forgiveness of our sins. And then we came and accepted that forgiveness. But it was extended to us first. And that's the deal. We don't know what God is doing in the heart of someone else. But that's none of our business. What is, is that we extend the grace and the mercy that God so graciously gave us. And yes, I know it hurts. I know it hurts. But in order for you to move past this hurt, you must, we must choose to forgive and we must choose to call in the name Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. The God who heals. We need him not only to heal them, but we need him to heal our own brokenheartedness. We need him to heal us so that we can forgive. We need the God to heal both parties. And what I love about God is that he is willing and able to heal. But that healing is going to start with you. It's going to start with you first. So whoever it is that you need to forgive, just take this moment. I know it may feel strange. It may feel odd. You may not even know how. You may not even need to go to that person and tell them that you forgive them. Right now, this is a matter between you and God. And just crying out to God or 
speaking to God in the stillness of your heart, whatever that, whatever that is, or whatever way you want to approach God, that is personal and up to you. But you need to go to God. And we need to ask him, please, Lord, heal them. Please, Lord, heal them. Jehovah Rapha, you are the God that heals. So come, please heal them. And in doing so, heal me so I can continue to extend grace and mercy. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for being Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals. We thank you for Moses introducing us, introducing you to us, the character of the God who heals. And I thank you, Lord, that that healing is not just in our physical bodies, but that healing is emotionally and spiritually and all the places in which we need healing. God, you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think or imagine. Thank you, God. I pray for my daughter, your daughter, and my sister today, God. I pray for every princess that is harboring unforgiveness right now. I pray that you would touch her heart. I pray, Lord, that you would please heal her, that she in turn can extend your healing and your love to someone else who needs it. Whoever hurt her deeply, oh God, I pray you would heal every wound. I pray, Lord, that she frees herself from the cage of unforgiveness, that she walks in your freedom and in your mercy and your goodness and your kindness, that she is free to extend forgiveness. We thank you and we bless you. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and thank God. Go in peace, sister. Be blessed.